0: we're back with another episode of pursue podcast with me as always Kim Mukirun. hello hello today we have a very special guest with us jimmy national director of right to play norway and former cross-country skier at the university of new mexico welcome
1: thanks great to be here yeah great to have you here Indeed, Uh, Jimmy, you are a very important person in Norway when it comes to contributing uh, with uh, means to people in need. And you're head of Right to Play. It's an organization we uh, we love to collect uh, and and work with and collect money for uh, children in the countries you work. And we'll talk a lot about that role but also very interestingly, you are actually a former student athlete, which we thought was hey, that's perfect. And we obviously we've known you for many years, and we, we 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 knew about your your skiing abilities. Obviously, we've seen you more in like the um, in the work you do right now. But we we thought it was perfect to get you on the show and and listen to your story and how you've gotten where you are today and and how the U.S journey, which was shorter for you than, than others, uh, has helped you in, in where you are now. But you were a good cross-country skier uh, from from Norway, and you ended up at uh, University of New Mexico. Uh, it's quite far away from from Kongsvinger in, in Norway, where you grew up. What, what what happened? How did you make the decision to go over there?
2: Uh, it's, a, it, it's a good question. So um, we're then back to... 2002, 2003, 2004. Uh, so, as you said, I'm I'm a former cross country skier. Um, I was actually a, a full time athlete uh, in in Norway for for several years. I was on the uh, junior national team and also on on some more kind of private regional teams as well. And. I've kind of reached a point where I said to myself, okay, do I want to do this, uh, you know, push hundred percent on, on, on cross country skiing, moving forward, or do I want to, you know, switch to, to, uh, to studies or do I want to combine these two? Um, And, you know, I've, I had some friends that had been to the U S or, or were in the U S actually at that, at, at that time. um, And they, you know, said to me that, you know, I think you should try this because it's, it, it's so great to be able to do sports at a high level and then be able, you know, to go to college at the, at the same time and to get an education. I think that's, you know, the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And and um, I, you know, I reached out to, to a couple of schools first and, and said, you know, is it possible to, to come over uh, to get a scholarship and and, and race and, and study for you guys? Um, and I ended up with, you know, a lot of, of uh, opportunities around the US, um, but I ended up in New Mexico. Um, and that's probably not the place you think about when you think about skiing. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Me- you just
1: Mexico and you don't think, obviously it's New Mexico, but you don't think of that as a skiing destination at all.
2: Exactly. So the thing is, I, you know, I said to myself, I, I want to try something different and you know living at, at at Hamar or Lillehammer which i did at that uh, that point um so you know i could go to anchorage i could go to you know to denver boulder uh, many places uh, but then i chose new mexico because it it was so kind of far away and different from from what i was used to um so i was kind of drawn to that um but i also knew that you know um, they've have had some some Pretty good skiers there uh, in the former years, and I knew there were some great opportunities uh, to train actually on snow on, on, on a place called Sandia Peak, which is quite close to, to Albuquerque, which is then the, the the city I lived in. Yeah, and that, that
1: is obviously Breaking Bad territory for those who have seen the show. Did you feel? Have you watched it? Absolutely, several times. Yeah, because that, that's how I know Albuquerque. It's it's a funny name. You you've seen. Uh, Obviously, that show. I mean, I I know some of the people at the University of New Mexico. We've had some some soccer players there. Uh, they, but there they are in Albuquerque. There's no that that is University of New Mexico. That is the team for everybody there. I would say it, that's who you support, and not not just soccer, which was quite popular. But but of course, if you do well in skiing, which you guys di- certainly did you get the support from the the local community there
2: absolutely it's you know it's it's all about the lobos um yeah. and it was the uh, wolves, yeah the wolves, oh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um you know so i actually ended up then then going there uh, in in 2003 until 2004 um and it was it was obviously a, a big a shift for me a big change to come there um but I also lived together with uh, with one Norwegian and, and one uh, Swedish guy. Um, so I kind of you know you feel like home anyways. Um, so I were, I were off to a good start you know, both at school and and, and in terms of training and and competing as well. Um, the school was great. you know it's it's kind of strange to come from. Uh, if you come from Norway and you come to campus and, and all kind of the athletes, you have your own space on campus, your own building where you, where you can actually sit and study. That was, that was something different than, than what I was used to back home, I yeah. would say, <laughs> for uh, sure. It is. Uh, so it, it kind of shows how, how the schools are working with athletes you know, to, so that you, you are able to, to do sports at a high level and, and also uh, deliver great results um, uh, in your studies, which is obviously uh, as important as, uh, as um,
0: the sports. Yeah, and then that's the beauty about the combination about it as well, how they do it over there in the U.S. Uh, but I, I found a funny article uh, about you from 2003 and uh, where it said that, uh, yeah, you said it was uh, very different from Norway because um, I work out with no shirt on and there's no snow. And you're a cross-country skier from Kongsui in Norway. That had to be very different from what you were used to.
2: Absolutely, it was it was very different, and um, you know, it, it was definitely a lot of roller skiing going on uh, in the preparations, and and obviously a lot in in the gym as well, and and running up on on the peaks around the around the city. Um, but you Al- know, Albuquerque is quite high altitude. It's quite high. Uh, I don't remember exactly but i think it's like 16 or 1700 meters so it's kind of the the what do you call it the, the middle height yeah yeah so well, that's
1: perfect to for your stamina and uh, you know to, to develop uh, your, your your aerobic yeah yeah uh, absolutely which is important for, for your absolutely sport.
2: and i would say that was kind of the the, the biggest challenge for me and, and the other skiers obviously as well that that a lot of of, of the competitions were uh, conducted at, at a high altitude, so I, I remember a couple of of the races that, you know, you started at two thousand five hundred and you actually kind of touched upon three thousand meters. Mm. It, yeah. it was it was crazy. Yeah, uh, and you and, feel that
1: in a, uh, it's like a wall hitting you when you get tired. Is, and and uh, if is if, if you hit
2: like? that wall, you're you're down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will never get up again because it's. It is really tough, and and um, as an example, if if you do the World Cups uh, in, in Europe, um, the highest altitude you can race on is is two thousand meters. Yeah. So you're then five hundred to a thousand meters above that. Yeah. So uh, it's that's a challenge. It's, it's extreme. It's extreme. And it's it's tough to breathe, and um, but hey, it was great. You know, we we traveled around in US. I saw a lot of great places. Um, that I would say that is probably one of the things I remember, uh, kind of the best memories. You know, I, it felt like this long road trip, actually, where we, you know... Three hours in a car in the U.S. is nothing. Yeah. No. If you drive tr- three hours in Norway, it's like, oh man, it's gonna take the whole day, and yeah, yeah, it's it's way too much. But there, you're kind of used to, you know, going six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or twelve hours uh, in we- the week. weekend trip. Exactly is like a, a, on the a, weekends. A one of those journeys. Yeah. 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 Just just to train or to do one or two races. Yeah. Uh, um, so I would say that that is, you know, some really really great memories around the skiing is is definitely all the trips we had. Uh, it was amazing. For sure,
1: uh, And probably the, the best trip you had was to the East Coast when you went to Nationals at Dartmouth College. That's an Ivy League school. And obviously there, there's not uh, an overload of schools that actually have skiing. Um, but obviously to qualify for Nationals and you obviously you went on to win in the National Championship uh, when you were there uh, that year. That was uh, That is big to bring home the trophy to, to Albuquerque.
2: It is. It is big for sure, and I. I don't think I actually, you know, realized how big the NCAA uh, is before I actually won. Uh, you know, people had told me before I went there, and 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 obviously when we were there as well that you know this is something really big in the US. You know, the NCAA is is the big championships for the universities, and um, you know I was I was fortunate enough to 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 win um, the race and. Um, yeah, it, that was a crazy feeling and and a really great day, obviously, um, and for the team as well because um, I don't think Lobos uh, has that many champions um, over over uh, at least at that 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 stage. Um, and you know, I I remember this story the day after. Uh, that was kind of when I realized how big the NCAA is. Uh, is when we we. We had this long
1: breakfast after probably celebrating all night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like you should. Like we should. A typical American continental breakfast with a donut and uh, and, and a banana and a yogurt? Or, yeah, yeah. or was it more eggs and bacon as well? I,
2: I think it was more eggs and bacon that day. Okay, you were you, you, allowed <laughs> to have that. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I was actually, uh, you know... Uh, USA Today was there, and I was just, you know, going through the paper, and and then I, you know, I suddenly saw myself, a picture, uh, from <laughs> from the day before, and and with Michael Jordan on the other side, and then I thought, wow, <laughs> right where <And>, I belong. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was strange, you know, for a Norwegian to actually see your name in in USA Today, and that was when I kind of. Said to myself, "Wow, NCAA is is a big thing here." Yeah. Uh, so that was um, that was fun. Yeah. I mean,
1: USA Today is a national newspaper, one of the absolute biggest ones there. And when I, I studied communication journalism major, so I, of course we, we had to subscribe to one newspaper, and USA Today was the one I subscribed to and, and read. And but it it, it really, of course, because in Albuquerque, like I said. You, University of New Mexico, that is... You support those teams. There's no other professional setup or anything there. So, uh, of course, then people come to games and tournaments and they, they support, support it. And, of course, a national title uh, that it makes it to... Uh, in in cross-country, which, you know, you can argue that it's not such a big sport in the U.S. compared to the, the big ones they have. That, that, that That's really cool. And to be next to Michael... Jordan obviously also played college in the University of North Carolina, uh, Chapel Hill, and it's a legend there. Um, yeah, that's yeah, you should frame that and put it up on the mantelpiece, right?
2: I should, and I actually thought about this yesterday because I haven't seen that paper in some years, but I believe it's in my um, my uh, my home in Kongsvingen. Uh
1: the one. Hopefully not collecting dust yeah. up at the attic. I,
2: I think it is. So I, sh- you know, it's it's a good idea. I should uh, definitely frame that.
1: Uh, yeah, that that should be in your office uh, at right to play. I feel it yeah. should. It should. One hundred percent. Cool. So you did one year of business administration studies. Cleaned up, won the national title, and then you got headhunted uh, for a job in the sports industry back in Norway that you ended up taking. Um, uh, obviously, you've done a lot within the sports world and business, and but you ended up at at Right to Play. Um, and obviously, the the mission of Right to Play is to to protect, to educate, and empower children to rise above adversity using the power of play. Um, so it's something that for us, it's dear uh, it's to our heart. We're, we, we love education. We feel it's extremely important. And that's what we are helping our students uh, pursue in the, in the States, but also the play factor. Uh, and obviously it's a very different type of play uh, for, the, for the children in the countries you work with in right to play than obviously in college sports in the US, but there, there's certainly a parallel. But how, how did right to play start?
2: So the, we we actually have to go back to to ninety four, um, the Olympics in Norway uh, at Lillehammer, which which everyone uh, a lot of people know. Um, so. Our founder is is Johan Olav Koss. He's he's a former Olympic uh, speed skater. So he won three Olympic gold medals at, at Lillehammer.
1: I was at the five thousand meter wow. in Viking Shippe speed skating. I was I was, I was nine years old then, but I, uh, it was a incredible experience too. like, and it was actually double gold for uh, gold silver for Norway there. Sjel uh, Stureli, I think uh, got second, but I, of course Johan Olav Koss, legendary Olympic yeah. athlete.
2: It, it it was awesome uh and so if if you go back to 93 then because it's it's linked to an organization that the kind of the, the Norwegian Olympic Committee uh, engaged in something called Olympic Aid and they wanted to uh, to have some athletes ambassadors connected to this organization and and they asked Johan if if he wanted to be a part of this and uh and Johan said yes he wanted to uh, and Johan was He was actually struggling with, you know, his shape and everything um, during the fall uh, in 93, before the Olympics. So he decided to go with uh, Olympic aid uh, to the field. Um, And he went to an African country. And and he, after that trip, I think Johan was was blown away by... uh, all the challenges you know all these kids face in these countries and he you know there and then decided that uh, from now on I'm going to use my um, position to help as many kids as possible so he he kind of continued with helping um, Olympic aid he actually donated several of his gold bonuses from Lillamer which was amazing and he also got the Norwegian people to donate millions of dollars during the games. Um, but then, you know, moving forward, he wanted to to build something on his own. And that's kind of the bridge to Right to Play. So when in 2000, Johan founded his, his own organization and then called it Right to Play. Um, and, and now it's 2020. So it's actually, we have the, the 20th anniversary, mm. um, started as, you know, this really small NGO, um, and we are now a big organization, uh, headquarters in Toronto, uh, Canada. You know, we have programs in 15 countries. We help 2.3 million kids, uh, on a yearly basis. Uh, where we actually use, you know, the power of play to to protect, educate, and empower children in 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 the most, you know, vulnerable areas.
1: Yeah, well, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, and if you look at where you've in those twenty years, the the, the impact you've had, uh, obviously starting from from scratch to now uh, raising. Close to, I think, forty million dollars yep. on a yearly basis, uh, and in, in Norway, the, this branch you, you're doing, uh, you know, close to fifty million Norwegian kroners, which, obviously, it's you know five five and a half million dollars. That is, uh, it's extreme. incredibly cool, uh, and and this is also why we're drawn to it. And I remember the story uh, about how, you know, the the logo. That you have, because there was a little rebranding of Right to Play, um, and the logo. I, I, I love the logo and the story behind it. How how was that again? Because I I have heard it and it inspired me. But if you you know it better than I do,
2: exactly. So so th- this is actually uh, from the first trip um, that Johan went on. So he 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 visited a school and he, and he saw this this one kid at this school and and. Um, When they were not in class, he saw that everyone, you know, kind of followed this this kid. And 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 Johan asked, you know, why is everyone around this kid? And and the teacher said, Don't you see? Because he's the only guy that has uh, a long shirt sleeves, a long long sleeves on his shirt. So he actually took it off and, and kind of Built a ball out of this, yeah,
1: and they played with the with his long shirt sweater as the ball during exactly, recess. Exactly. So yeah. that
2: that was that was kind of the <laughs> that was when the logo was born. Yeah. So so if if everyone looks at Right to Play's logo, it's you could you could see kind of the uh, that ball then. So it's 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 a great story.
1: Yeah, it's a very powerful one, uh, and it says a lot. Uh, the difference between uh, coming from if you draw the parallel to NCAA colored soccer or the sports there, where the, the facilities and the, uh, the support network around it, it's 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 incredible. And here you have one kid who's the main 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 guy because he has a sweater they have to use for a ball. That yeah. is uh, the contrast yeah. is quite big.
2: Exactly, and I think it kind of you know play has so many many aspects around how you can use it to to develop. Uh, um, not only kids for us as well obviously grown ups Um, you know you could you could use it you know we have several types of of play that we use you could use kind of the the more simple one the the, the pure sport thing you know you could have uh, creative play you know some sort of role play where people actually learn how to uh, to communicate uh, to solve any problems you might have Uh, and you know there are pre-sport, uh, and, and we also use play a lot in classroom, which is kind of our main activities and our methodology is to to use play as a tool uh, to educate children.
1: So you have kind of your playbook that is developed and you, you work with government to try and implement your... Your ideas for how education should be done through play, and a lot of these countries are adapting this as their their method of choice in, in a lot of these schools.
2: Exactly. So it's it's all about um, getting this methodology to as, as many people as possible. Um, and and the way we do it is that we we build the capacity of the teachers. So this is this is basically uh, capacity building because. We then train all these teachers in our play methodology and they use it in class, both mm. in classrooms and outside classrooms. And, and kind of, you know, we, we measure obviously results. Um, we have to measure results and show results. And, and we see that when you use play, uh, in education, um, p- uh, kids stay at school, you know, you, Kind of, you decrease the dropout rate, which is really, really important. Mm. The first one is actually to get kids into school and then get them to to actually...
1: To stay there. To stay there and follow. Exactly. But there's a lot of reasons that it's quite difficult for us maybe to understand the reasonings for for dropping out or the necessity to do that. But obviously, the the better the program is and the more excited uh, they will be and the more effective it is, the, the longer people will stay, but it also requires, of course, funding to have uh, give th- these children the opportunities to Absol- do that.
2: Absolutely, and and we see that kind of the, the motivation it gives kids uh, when when you use play in education is is great because you know we are facing you know some some really tough things with, with these kids. You know, you have child marriage, you have uh, child labor. Uh, You know, it's, it's a lot of things that they are facing Mm. and you need to, not only the kids, but also the parents need, need to understand that kids have to go to school. They have to get an education. And if we as an organization can support these kids, uh, you know, by getting them through the education with play, that is, you know, that's, that's the main uh, vision we have.
0: I did read a. Uh, I'm talking about that. I did read a, a very great stat that in in Jordan, uh, where um, the kids there that are part of Right to Play program, ninety percent of those says that they feel engaged in in the classroom and outside the classroom, and that's that's a pretty humongous stat compared to just fifty seven percent of kids that are not part of the Right to Play program. Exactly. So it's it's a it's massive that you know in areas like that and there's i could mention 60 70 other stats you have here but i think that's that just came out to me saying that that's pretty incredible that you've gotten 90 percent of the kids that are right to play kids that they feel engaged and part of something in the classroom
2: Yeah. yeah and because you know we focus a lot on on quality education which is one of the sustainable development goals as well number four and and that is linked to what you say because you know if play contributes to to higher the standards for for uh, for education for sure mm. and you know we work a lot with uh, with the health and well well-being as well especially in 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 african countries uh, gender equality is is definitely something that we we work a lot on so um, yeah it's 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 a great organization and we deliver great results yeah Really, Thank
1: do. Really. and you know, Johan Olaf Kos, Olympic Aid wanted him to be an ambassador, and he was an ambassador. But then, obviously, he started Right to Play. Um, but there's also a lot of amb- athlete ambassadors through Right to Play because this is um, w- what you are doing for the children. It really resonates to a lot of athletes. I feel with uh, you know, it's such a good. Good thing you're doing. So you, you have a lot of ambassadors worldwide. Uh, you know Mats Zuccarello, NHL player, uh, Martina Hingis, f- former number one in the world in tennis, I believe. Uh, Gelsen Fernandez, another soccer player. Mm. Axel Svindal, super Olympic uh, alpine skier, is also on the board and mm. yep. uh, right to play Norway. Uh, Nathan Redmond, Southampton player in the yep. Premier League. Petra Kvitova in tennis. Casper in tennis. Uh, Suzanne Pettersen in golf, uh, Pascal Siakam, uh, he's NBA player for Toronto Raptors, uh, Allison Felix, track and field, like super decorated track and field star from the US, and 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 also you have Liverpool. If you've seen the back of the jerseys of Liverpool FC, they have the Right to Play logo on there too. So you can see people coming together to 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 raise awareness and also, of course, help raise money for 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 you guys. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so this has kind of been in, in our strategy since I would say day one, um, and it's obviously linked to Johan as well because he had his network with with athletes. And but but as you said, Kim, I think athletes they know and see how how play and sports, you know, have changed their lives. Yep. Even though it's they live in a different area of the world, they, they do see kind of the positive uh, impact it has. And I they, they truly believe in play as a tool. And it's, uh, it's amazing that, you know, all these big superstars are actually supporting us uh, for free. They are spending a lot of their own spare time. They are building awareness. They're doing fundraising, uh, you know, donating personal meetings or, or equipment that we could, you know, use on auctions. Um, yeah it's it's really amazing yeah. how they how they do this and and they also um some of them have has gone to the field with us mm-hmm. to actually you know to visit the projects and and see the impact that play has on uh, on our programs and um yeah we've had some some great experiences with with these athletes
1: yeah and you've done so many things you've been uh, we're to play for seven years now but what, what are the key memories are the most fun and most meaningful uh days you had that right to play i would
2: say um I, I can start with something that i i wouldn't describe as fun but it kind of it kind of showed showed the need for our organization this is probably one day i will never forget and i think it was my second trip to uganda um where we we were in in uh, in the capital uh, Kampala uh in the slums where we have a program um and I met uh, uh, this girl fifteen years old and um she had two kids you know that kind of um and i i I have three kids mm. uh, at that point I had two, two my uh, on my own uh, but then i was thirty five years old and she was fifteen years old, having two kids. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's everything is wrong with that situation. And, you know, that has been, uh, for me, a great motivation working with Right to Play, you know, to to be able to help uh, girls like her, um, to get her back to school, uh, to give her an education uh, and a future. And I think that's that's one of the most powerful um, memories I have. Um, on that side, um, if we look at the other side, you know, I can, you know, refer to two athletes again uh, where we actually played um, uh, hockey with Succarello with in Tanzania in, in 2015 because he actually brought hockey sticks mm-hmm. to the field. Yeah, and he's st-
1: a legendary NHL player like right, for New York Rangers. And uh, he he's really, really into Right to play and, and assisting through his organization, uh, but and he's been in the field and you you get to be part of that. So that's uh, that's yeah, so Mats nice.
2: and his management. You know, great guys. You know, they've had several events for us, raising loads of money, uh, supporting us, um, and you know, being able to to be on on the ground in in Tanzania, playing okay. uh, kind of field hockey there with him. Uh, he brought I, f- I think 15 sticks uh, and the sticks are still there so yeah. uh, <laughs> good it's
0: that, in- it's incredible though
2: it's incredible I think you know that kind of um, changed him as well and then how he how he looks uh, looks upon right to play and our
1: programs mm. oh. it's um, something that we truly want to contribute to every year and uh, and you can we we have a lot of athletes and We want them to feel like they can be ambassadors for Right to Play. And that's what we'll talk about next, our our One uh, Donation, One Education campaign. So we are launching the One Donation, One Education campaign. That's how we at at the College Scholarships, you say, contribute towards the cause. Um, We've been doing this for, for several years and we are... We're a bronze partner uh, with, with, with you. Uh, i very proud to, to help uh, raise funds for this. Um, we The One Donation, One Education campaign, uh, it is what it says it is. One donation of 250 Norwegian kroners, which is your estimate for that will give one child in one of your programs uh, access to education for one full year. Um, and you know, 250 Norwegian kroners. That is you know, 27 American dollars. Yep. Uh, so it's it's not a very big sum, um, but we we refer to this uh, this amount as a scholarship. What we do, we obviously get uh, scholarships for our student athletes to go to the states to a school and combine their education with sports, uh, and we we do find them the scholarship options which obviously helps them fund this trip so on the other side of the spectrum you have these kids in these programs and you could give a scholarship as a donation so that they can get a scholarship for one year and and get get their education just like you're doing it it's obviously two two ends of the spectrum but we feel that for for a relatively small sum of money, you can make the world a difference for, for, for a child if you, give, if you donate a scholarship. Um, so a lot of our student athletes, they are happily donating to this and we're, we're reaching out to every single one of them to And, and of course, family and, and many coaches in the US have also uh, donated to this. Uh, and, and in the US, they're also very good at donating money uh, they, they're very, they, they like to do that as part of their culture, of course, in other countries too, but they're very, uh, I, th- I think a lot of our student athletes, they come to the, to the college system and then they see how much donation and giving it's, it's quite important there.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's really important. Yeah. And I think, you know, first of all, thank you a lot. To you guys for for supporting right to play, it's it's um, amazing for us to have you on board, and and you know thank you to to everyone out there who is 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 donating to this this campaign. Um, and I think you know to you know two hundred and fifty crowners or twenty five to thirty dollars, it's I think a lot of people you know can manage that uh, to donate that. Yeah. And
1: e- even though they're on student budgets, I mean they it's. Uh it is a relatively small amount compared to you know, what that means for someone else and for, cause for, for you as an organization. Um, you measure you know, not just in money generated, but you talk about, well, this, uh, let's say this bank donated this amount and their staff at the bank donated this amount, which means 1,174 children get mm-hmm. the opportunity to be in our program for, for another year. You know, it's that's how you measure things too.
2: Yeah, that's that's how we measure it, and I, I think you know, I, it's important for, for everyone to to understand kind of the impact these two hundred and fifty crowners has on on a child's life. You know, imagine you could actually donate twenty five dollars or twenty seven dollars, and that kid, boy or a girl, can go to school for one year, every day. And be supported by right to play, mm. and use play as a tool.
1: Uh, I think that's probably the m- most well spent uh, twenty-seven dollars you'll ever spend. That's yeah. how many coffees in Starbucks. Yeah,
0: that is F- four or five coffees, oh, yeah, max. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's a trade-off there, and but I, w- of course we have a lot of student athletes that love this course and they contribute. And you know, we we talked about. The athlete ambassadors you have, but you—you're kind of a right to play student athlete ambassador by by donating here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would say that everyone that you know donates to Right to Play and and, and especially through this because uh, it's it's you're definitely an ambassador. And I, yeah, it would be great to have everyone on board on this.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I, I think one one thing is of course to, it's a financial thing with donating money which for charity of course that is the one most important thing to do but it's also about creating awareness of what you what what right to play is all about and and help spread the word and mm-hmm. we, we know there's a lot of great causes and great charities that you know some have a preferred uh preferred uh, charity o- over others you know it's impossible to support everything but i think also to to help spread the word uh if this is something that resonates to you that that really helps us and it, it f- for sure helps you at right to play to to reach more people
2: absolutely and i think it's 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 a perfect link here you know um you you have education uh, you have sports and play mm. on both sides yeah you know even for people going to the US to study uh, or uh, children uh, trying to get an education in african or or uh, african countries or in in the middle east so yeah. i think it's it's a perfect match
1: it is and a dream scenario would be that you can maybe you know you can through getting an education what if some of these children that have been through the programs could come through the american college system Earn a scholarship and mm. graduate. I mean, that that would be like a dream scenario. That that would
2: definitely be a dream scenario, <laughs> and and you know that is actually something that we work on now to you know to to go back and actually track uh, where these these kids are at uh, at this stage or, or twenty years moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah. To, to see the really the impact. Uh, exactly, and if you if you look at. What some of these scholarships, the sports scholarships that some of our students get, you know, say a full scholarship at uh, at a top university, you're talking, you're, you're getting fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year in scholarship. Yep. Uh, it's so then the the twenty seven dollars, uh, a little little chunk of that could could go towards a, a good cause. I think that, that that that's a good argument. Absolutely.
0: It is, yeah, it is a really good argument, and it's something that I think for a lot of the culture that's coming up now. I think. Uh, the younger people are a little bit more aware of what's going on around the world and um, I think it's beautiful to see that kids that are 18 19 years old doing their freshman year at college can be a part of something to help kids in Tanzania or Uganda or Jordan or wherever it is in, in in the world can and help another kid there to get one year of education and get the right to play and and be a part of right to play I think that's just a beautiful story
1: it really is Mm. me. it's been great to have you here Uh, I I hope this uh, shows what right to play is all about and and that through this uh, campaign uh, one donation one education we can raise a lot of money for for right to play and the the children in in the amazing programs thank you very much thank Thank you you for your support Oh, 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 oh,